Welcome to Connect Church this morning. We are so glad that you guys are in the house today and watching online with us this morning. My name is Terry Pierce, and I get to be the privilege of the lead pastor here at Connect Church and teaching pastor. And so welcome to our services today. There was a movie out that was uh, several years ago called The Gravity. And in the movie, Dr. Ryan Stone, played by Sandra Bullock, and Matt Kalowski, played by George Clooney, are on a mission, uh, are on a um, space mission trip, and they fly out into outer space, and uh, a missile is shot out from a a Russian missile, and it causes debris to be in their pathway, and I don't really understand it all, but basically uh, their capsule goes out of control, and they are now basically lost spinning out in space. And about Partway through the movie, uh, George Clooney's guy, um, the astronaut that was leading the mission, uh, he's killed and he's separated out. And, and so Dr. Ryan Stone, who was just a medical specialist that was on uh, this mission, is now left in the space capsule by herself. And it's spinning out of control and in a desperate, very emotional scene in the movie Dr. Ryan Stone begins to pray. And she says, I'm going to die. I'm going to die today. And no one is going to mourn my passing. No one will even know that I died. No one will pray for me. I don't even know how to pray because no one ever taught me. I'm not a big movie guy, but at that moment as a pastor, I was like emotionally driven. And it was like the Holy Spirit was just speaking into my life. And I go, how sad that somebody would be that terrified to die and not even know how to pray. And then I got to thinking about my own congregation and I got to thinking about, you know, where we are at and, and people in our own church family. And I got to thinking, how many people, how many of you all literally are terrified and are listening online today and your statement would be, I'm afraid to die. I don't know how to pray. No one ever taught me. Do you know this morning that there is a one-word answer to both of those dilemmas in your life? And that one-word answer is Jesus. Because if you know Jesus, you do not have to be afraid to die this morning. COVID is not the end all. I'm telling you, the moment you die, if you know Jesus, you are far better off than you've ever been before. And because Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, He has given us victory over death. But he's also the answer to prayer. Jesus wants to teach you how to pray. I'm convinced most of us really don't know how to pray well. And this morning, not Connect Church, not a book, but we're going to tell you what the Word of God says about prayer and what Jesus says about how to pray to the Father. Are you ready with me this morning? These are two of the most paramount values that we have at Connect Church. 
lifting up the name of Jesus and teaching you all how to personally pray to him in your life. Matter of fact, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. And today's message, for those of you that are taking notes, is a unique message, a little bit different in this series called This Is Us, the values that matter the most to us. This is us. These are the values that matter most to us. And we're going to unpack those and look for you as, and tell you what our church believes in. These are the values, and I believe they're going to help you in your personal life this morning as well. <clears throat> the first week we talked to you guys in this sermon series, This Is Us, we explained to you, uh, and this is what we got last Sunday, is that we are a family, a family of God. Uh, when you think about church, and, and we walked through this last week a little bit, we think, well, this is an organized meeting place. You know, we're going to meet... Um, at 9 o'clock and 10.30. Some of you still think we meet at 9.15 and 10.45, but it's okay, we love you. Uh, but anyway, we meet at 9 o'clock. Did I say that out loud? Uh, we meet at 9 o'clock and 10.30. For those of you that are just tuning in, uh, you should have got up an hour earlier. Anyway, uh, and so we meet at 9 o'clock and 10.30, but it's way more than that. And then, you know, we say that we meet on 1650 North Veterans Boulevard. Uh, a few of you keep saying, we're going to talk to you about that in a minute, by the Mexican restaurant. But it's not just the location. You realize this church has had three different, or actually four different locations in the history of this church. We've had three different names. It's not about the location of this church. It's not even about the name. Our church had a vision, and it started uh, 90 years ago, and they had a passion to start a church in the community because they wanted to reach the community. And that church, by the way, was named East Tupelo Church, Free Will Baptist Church. Back in the day, in the 1950s, they would later change it to Tupelo Free Will. And then you all got crazy and decided to name it Connect. Uh, and so the truth of the matter is, is that we, we've had this mission that God's called us to do, but it's not about the location. Matter of fact, we've got a group. Uh, we, we saw them at funeral this week in Poplar Springs up by Pickwick uh, that watches our services nearly every Sunday. We've got another group that's, that's listening right now, a little church plant of ours in Mountain Grove, Missouri, that's watching every Sunday and then has their Connect group on Sunday nights. It's not about the geographical location of Connect Church. We are the family of God. It's us together. This is us. We are a church family. That is who the church is. And matter of fact, it's all about relationships. The relationships are so important. And this is what God has called us to be together. Relationships are where we learn how to live out the information that we have received. A spiritual mature person loves God and loves others well. This is why God calls his church a family. In the early church, and by the way, how did we get here? We got here, we're called Connect Church because we believe in relationships. It was so paramount to us, we changed our name to Connect because it's about relationships. Connecting to God, connecting to each other. Family, family. And how we did that was not because we came up with a new program or a new idea, Lynn. It was because we decided in America the church is dying. 20% of churches will not exist. COVID has helped 
put the nail in the coffin, 20% of our churches are not reopening across this country. As much as 30%, every church is being told, 30% of your congregation will not be back. In a time where we've needed the church more than ever before, are you with me? We're watching it go the other way. We're not going in that trend. We added 23 new members this past year in the midst of COVID, baptized nine of them into Jesus Christ. We are gaining every week. And how is that happening? Because we're choosing to go back to the Bible and figure out the way that Jesus said for the church to be is a family of God. Do you know how the church, early church met? Here's the cool part. Nick, in the book of Acts, the Bible says, not what you and I think a church should be, how my mama raised me and this is the way we used to do church. How about we just go back to the way Jesus established the church? In the book of Acts, here's what the Bible says. They met on Sunday, the first day of the week, in a large gathering, a building in the outer court temples. So what they did, Brooks, is a big group of people gathered. They had a preacher that preached to them. And then the Bible says in the book of Acts, not in the Free Will Baptist History Manual, that they met in homes on Sunday night and they did two things. And we know that the early church was Baptist because it says in the book of Acts that they studied the word of God together and they ate together. On day of fasting and prayer, I can't even say that because I'm starving. Anyway, uh, and, and so they, met, they gathered together, and that's exactly what we're going to do tonight. Now, here's the fascinating part of what they did. The Greek word there for the fellowship in the homes was a Greek word that's, that's translated koinonia. And what that Greek word means is when they gathered in the homes, koinonia happened. That means fellowship over the deeper things of God. That's exactly what we're doing at Connect Church. We're taking what you hear, and instead of just giving you another lecture and you gaining more knowledge, and boy, that's really helped change your marriage and how you live. Some of the most sorry attitude people that were the most absorbed people know the Bible better than I do, but man, you don't want to hang out with them because they are negative Nancy's. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're critical and judgmental all the time. Why? Because we've not learned to do the word and let it change how we really live and think. Family. Matter of fact, there's even greater theological arguments for what we're saying to you is our value today. In 1 John chapter 3, the reference is the family of God. In Galatians 6.10, it's the family of believers. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19, it's the household of God that meets. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 26, he says we are together growing together in suffering and in victory in Jesus Christ. Now here's the statement that we gave you last week. It sort of summarizes our value. Jim Putman says, let us, Jesus, redefine for you what a family, this is who we are, a family, truly means. The family you came from is not as important as the family that God helps you create. Isn't that awesome? We are a family that God is creating here, and we get to be a part of that. And so the word that the family, uh, that when we think of the concept of the family, I want to suggest to you and I that the devil has distorted it. Uh, we're not a perfect family. 
And you need to understand that. How many of you grew up in a perfect family? I know most of y'all's kin folks, so yeah, not even close. Uh, and uh, the truth of the matter is, is that none of us grew up, uh, we've had people say that, but none of us grew up in a perfect family. Some of you don't even like, you got sort of cringy when I'm talking about the church as a family because you were abused by a dad or you had a mom that was uh, a jerk or, or whatever your experience was. Let me just remind you this morning, let me make it really clear to you guys today, this is not a perfect family either. We've got all kind of, let me just look what I'm looking at. Uh, I mean, we are looking at some jacked up folks in this room this morning. Yeah, you and you. Uh, And and so I'm just saying, uh, but we're not a perfect family. But you know what we learn to do is we learn to love one another. We learn to be with one another. We challenge one another. We're not going to let you continue to live and be a jerk. We're going to call you out and say, you know what? You need to do better with your marriage. You need to do better at raising your kids. You need to learn how to be happy with the job that God gave you. We're going to double dog dare and challenge you to let the word of God bring joy, peace, and happiness that you're missing in your life. And we're not just going to sugarcoat it and tell you what you want to hear. We're going to push you. That's what family does to follow God because God is the answer you've been looking for. It's what Eugene Patterson taught us during our prayer time. He's the answer. It's him. So now you realize this morning this is the only family that will last forever. You guys, COVID has really awakened us to a lot of things. I'm so sick of it. So sick of it. The damage, the hurt, the physical pain, the relationships, the toll. Ladies and gentlemen, it's reminded us of this truth. Everything's going to pass away here but the family of God will last forever. Let that sink in. We're going to, that's the cool part. Danny Caldwell gets to live forever with me in eternity. We're going to be together forever. So we are a church, a Christian church, that our foundation is about the family, and that's our value. And, um, but there's some other values that are really important. And I hope that there's a commonality um, of other churches that believe this, and, and there are. And by the way, if you've got family in a church that doesn't believe these four values, you need to tell them to run. I don't care what, whether they're free, well, whatever they are. But here's four, I would hope, commonality values that every church should have. And again, if these aren't the values of the church that you're familiar with, the, and by the way, if I ever stop preaching anything but these four values, you get out of here. Hear what I just said? You're not going to hear many pastors tell you that because here's what they are. And, this, and if, if I say anything other than these four values uh, and change them, then you get out of here because I'm just telling you, this is what we believe in. These are the values of the church. And number one is it's Christ-centered. It's Christ-centered. Uh, I hope that the, every church, I can't imagine, why in the world would you go to a church that's not Christ-centered? I mean, seriously. What's the point of being a social club and being part of a group if it's not Christ-centered? If it's not about Christ, shut up and get out. Number two is we believe in the Word of God. We believe it's about what this book says. It's from cover to cover, inspired, infallible. It is the Word of God, and you and I don't get an opinion on it. It's, it's His way, and, and, and so we really do believe that in practice. It's not the way that Mama raised me in my church. It's about what the Word of God says. It's how He says it. It's what He says. Christ-centered the word of God, and then it's to, be, to glorify God. 
Everything we do here, we don't worship Tanner, thank God. Uh, we don't uh, worship Andrew and the, and the youth. Well, we, we appreciate these guys. We don't come here because Brother Terry preaches short sermons and we like it. We come here because we want to glorify God in our life. He's the one that saved you. He's the one that deserves your praise. He's the one that deserves to worship. Everything we do, James, is about glorifying God. Lift him up. It's not a show. Oh, my goodness. I've been reading and listening to pastors this week. America has so messed itself up. Is We went into church to entertain you guys and to put on a good show so you guys would walk out of there and go, man, they really did a good job for us today. Are you kidding me? You go out and you continue to live in sin and, and all kinds of problems in your life. You do not need a show on Sunday morning. What you need is to see the God high, holy, and lifted up. And then fourthly, we hope this is a commonality among all churches, is we're spirit-led. What? He just said the word Holy Spirit in a Baptist church? Yeah. It's not about the program. It's not about we've got to hit every mark and every cue just on place. It's not about, you know, me or whatever, about me telling about mom and me telling about whatever. It is Holy Spirit-led. Would you not just hear during our prayer time and this morning in the offering? And by the way, the Holy Spirit can prepare things ahead of time, but I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit has to be a part of your church. This is why your staff gets alone every fall and fast and prays, and the deacons are going to pray right after this service because we believe everything that happens here has got to be Spirit-led, and we want to teach you how to do that in your personal life. Value of our church. Holy Spirit makes the calls and leads us. Well, that's cool. But what are some distinctives about this church? Why did they start a church 90 years ago in East Tupelo, across the other side of the tracks? If you're old and uh, you were around, you know, back in the day, uh, and they, when they started this church, so Ernie and Sandy, you remember when they started it 90 years ago? And anyway, and so uh, when they started this church here in this community, they talk about losing members. Anyway, and uh, they started this church uh, 90 years ago. They did it because they believed that God wanted to have a distinct gospel message in East Tupelo. And so they called it East Tupelo Church. They were trying to win Elvis to the Lord. I uh, can imagine if we get, turned him out to be a gospel singer. Anyway, uh, and uh, so Belen's just having a time. Anyway, uh, but the truth of the matter is, we started that church because there was a calling in this community. And you look at me this morning, that hasn't changed. That has not changed. I don't care what we call ourselves, we're on that same mission that our founding fathers had 90 years ago to take the gospel to this community. Nothing's changed, but the problem is, is we lost sight of that in the journey. We got worried, Danny, about voting in that we got comfortable building, we got to take care of the paid membership. We turned it into a country club instead of a church across the board in this country. Membership has its privileges, lie from hell. You're not a member here because you tithe and give and you get to vote and have your way. You get the wonderful privilege to even be here because of Lord Jesus Christ saved your sorry soul from hell. Wow, that's, I know, but it's true. And that is our attitude about being a part of the family of God. So what are those distinct characteristics and fingerprints? What do they look like? What is the distinctives? Why did God put this church here and why do we exist today? 
what's some of the unique distinctives of our church? I'm going to tell you about it, but let me illustrate it to you this way uh, before we do. Lynn was at Kroger uh, about a week ago, and she was telling me this story, and she ran into this guy. They were talking about something. He asked her uh, about, I don't know, a can of beans or whatever, and they were in one aisle there at Kroger, and they got into a brief conversation about COVID, and Belen was wearing her Connect Church sweatshirt, brand new ones. They're on sale, by the way, today. As you leave, uh, you can get one for $25 just for you guys that are here this morning. We got a real special we'll give you two for 50. And so anyway, <laughs> and so uh, Lee's just now getting that. Anyway, uh, and so uh, uh, we've got, uh, anyway, so she was wearing her Connect shirt, a sweatshirt, pick one up, and uh, this guy just got into conversation, and so she asked him, she said, do you go to church? And he said, yeah, I do. And he told her what church is a good church here in town, but then he told her, JP, about he owns a restaurant here in town. And actually, he's got two businesses, one, anyway, two, but he's, he owns a restaurant and another one that he does the mobile truck thing and all that. And so you would know him if I told you. And Belen was said, and he asked her, he said, you know, I assume that you're wearing a shirt. Do you go to that church? Connect Church. And she said, not only do I go to that church, but my husband is an incredible pastor and wonderful husband, and he's a <laughs> don't believe me, do you? <laughs> oh my gosh, she really didn't say that. Uh, anyway, uh, she just said, yeah, <laughs> you guys jumped on that way too quick. Uh, anyway, you guys know Belen or me, uh, but anyway, uh, she did say that my husband uh, is, uh, is the pastor of Connect Church, and yeah, that's where I attend at, and, uh, he, and so she then asked him a question that I was dying for her to ask, and she asked him, she says, have you heard of us? Do you know where we're at? And, you know, as in, I love to know what is a community, what are people that aren't used to our family think about us. <sighs> it's terrifying, but so the guy that owns a restaurant here in town and knows everybody, he said, oh, yeah, I know about Connect Church. And Belen's telling me this story, and I'm like, oh, great. What did he say Next. And she said, this guy looked at her and said, not that. He said, <laughs> it's sort of along that line, much clearer. <laughs> he said, um, I know all about your church. I own a restaurant. People come in. And he said, you're the church that everybody is talking about in this town. He said, you're known for loving this community. The Easter egg hunt, he said, when I think of Connect Church and I meet their people, they're always doing something for this community. You love this city and you're sharing the gospel with this town. That's what I think of when I think about the people of Connect Church. And I was like, wow. How long have we wanted to be known for that? And then he said, this is my favorite part, it shouldn't be, but it is. He looked at her 
And he said, do you know where we're located at? Or she asked, do you know where we're located at? And he said, oh yeah, you just built that brand new campus on Veterans Boulevard and basically implied, isn't there a little Mexican restaurant next door? We finally are not known as a little church by the Mexican restaurant. We have our own identity. Yes. Anyway, I know that's not as important, but it was a big deal to me. We finally know where we're at and who we are. The values that identify Connect Church family. Here's the verse. Here's our biblical value that we stand on. Guys, this is us. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Here are some of the distinct values that we take out of that text, and, and we've identified them as what we believe that God wants us to be, and this is the unique distinctives, values of Connect Church. Number one, we believe in discipleship. Uh, you've seen this logo. We have this little paper out there at the guest services desk. Uh, by the way, if you're wanting to join this church, you need to get signed up. We've got several families that are. Now's the time to get signed up. You get to hang out and have free lunch with me and Tanner and Andrew and the rest and the, and the better half of our lives, our wives. And so anyway, you pick it and we're going to teach you about what we believe about discipleship. And at the, at the bottom of that card, it says Connect Church exists to make disciples of Jesus Christ. This happens by helping people love God, love people, and make disciples and connect with his purpose. So we at Connect Church are about his discipleship. So go ahead and put that phrase up there, Brian. And so this is the phrase that we live by. This is us. This is who we are in discipleship. Then we have a second value that we want, uh, we're sharing with you this morning is that we have a distinctive value about the gospel. We believe in the Great Commission. Not only do I love what that gentleman said about our church, and by the way, just so you know, not only do we do all of these other events, we feed the teachers in our local schools and we're doing the Easter egg hunt for thousands of people and giving everything away free, but just in December alone, we had 15 different service projects in this community. We went and served our frontline workers at the hospitals. We went and took supplies to various parts of the hospital. We had, our, we had folks feeding at Salvation Army, the homeless. We did so many other things in this community. Why? Because if you're joining a small group in our church, you're not just sitting on the premises. You remember the old Southern Gospel or the old hymn that we used to sing, standing on the promises. Well, what we turned it into in the American church is sitting on the premises. Uh, what we did is we became about us, and what we believe to go back to is what that old song used to say. Let's go out there. Let's stand on the promises of God, and let's take the gospel to a lost and dying world. And that's exactly what we believe in at Connect Church, but not only in this community, but in this country. You want Y'all getting so freaked out and worried about all of this that's going to happen this week in the country. You want to know the answer? I've been telling you this for 18, 19 years. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not going to change people. We've got a missionary in New York. 
and we are taking the gospel to help plant churches. We got a picture of them. And so this is our missionary that's planting a church in Buffalo, New York. We support this guy, and this is what you, when you give, these are missionaries that we're helping change. By the way, look at me this morning. Y'all want to get on Facebook, and you want to argue about Republicans and Democrats, and about, you know, this or that or whatever. Do you want to know, do, do you want to know how to change America? Then you plant a church in New York. You win those people to Jesus Christ. You want to, you're not going to change their way of thinking, but if you change their heart, then you're going to get the rest of it. This is why we believe in the value of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is how you get your country back, is you go plant churches. Not only do we have uh, our, our friends that we're supporting in New York, we've got our other friends that are, are planting the church in, in um, uh, Mountain Grove, Missouri, and you guys already told you about that. Uh, what about Sean and Gene Young? Uh, these are missionaries in Del Rio, Texas, that are working at a mission, a Mexico mission orphanage across the border. Our youth minister, Andrew, is going to be taking a group of teenagers to help assist Sean and Gene Young this summer. We're not just talking about this. We're doing it. They're going to stay in Del Rio on, in, the, in the daytime. They're going to go across the border and work with the Mexican church there in an orphanage and minister to those people because we don't just talk about missions here. We go. We're not just giving. We go, and we believe in this and what we're doing. This is the value of the gospel. What about our missionary Doug Rogers in Veracruz, Mexico? Uh, we've sent several teams that have been there in Veracruz and his incredible discipleship ministry that is multiplying, not just with dozens and hundreds, but thousands of people coming to Christ. And then for the last 12 years, we've partnered with Bridge Builders Ministry in Cuba and we've taken teams in there to preach and provide resources and love on the children and work at the seminary in Pinar del Rio. And uh, what an incredible ministry that we have there in Cuba that we've been doing for the last 12 years. And then finally, this this year, in October of 21, we're going to do our first mission trip to Kyoza, Japan, the Hubbards and the Kettermans, who are planning an incredible church in Japan. Guys, look at me. We don't just tell you about the gospel. Go, we're doing it. We're doing it. And every time you tithe and every time you give, you're investing in these ministries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to meet Japanese, Cubans, Mexicans in heaven and New Yorkers that you guys tithe and gave that you never met on this planet, but they're going to be in heaven because you invested in a church that has value and missions and the gospel. So those are two of our unique, distinctive values. We believe in discipleship. We keep it real simple here. We believe in discipleship. Y'all write this down. We believe in the gospel. And number three, and that's what I'm going to focus in on the rest of my message, is we believe in prayer. That's it. Man, I'm looking at a congregation that is not the most complicated group uh, that I've ever seen before. We keep it simple here. Three things that make us distinctive, and that's what we focus on. That's it. Discipleship, the gospel, and prayer. And this is what Connect Church Family believes in, guys. And here's the verse that we launched from and what we believe about prayer. Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason I now bow my knees before the Father, from in every family in heaven on earth his name, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be enrooted, and grounded in love, 
may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may what? Be filled with the fullness of God. Now listen to this. When Paul wrote this letter, it's fascinating. In Acts chapter 20, verse 36, go look it up later, something really cool happens. Paul has planted a church in Ephesus. They got off the ground, and now God is calling him to go plant another church. That's just what he did. He would stay in a community for nine months to a year, plant a church, and then move on. So now he's ready to move on. And here's what he does, Neil, in Acts chapter 20. It's an amazing story to the church at Ephesus. He literally gets on his knees, and he bows before that church, and they gather around and lay hands on him. And he prays that they may know the fullness of Christ. Now, when he writes this letter to this church several years later, he was now in a prison cell, Chris. He's been arrested for preaching the gospel. He writes this letter, and then it begins with, I bow on my knees to pray for you. Don't you know that that congregation read that letter and began to weep because, Neil, they remembered that day back in the day when he planted that church, that that man knelt and prayed over them, and look what God has done since that day. So they got the seriousness of the power of prayer and what Paul loved them, and, and it just came oozing through them. Paul, and here's what Dr. Klein Snodgrass, he's a great theologian, but he has a horrible name. If I was this smart, I would change him, but his name is Dr. Klein Snodgrass, and here's what he writes in his commentary about this text, and it's uh, something you want to write down. Paul wants his readers strengthened by God's Spirit so that they may know intimately Christ's presence and love. And that's what we want for Connect Church. This is us, and this is what we're praying into your lives, guys. I love you, and you keep looking, and I get it, and there are things that we can help you with. But guys, what you really need is Jesus. That's what I pray into you by name. I pray over our church directory every single week. The power of what has happened at Connect Church has come through prayer. Now I want you to get your notes out this morning. And let me help you apply this value into your life. This is the value of our church. We practice it. And now we want to help you take it home with you today. I want you to take out your notes this morning. I got just a few minutes to patch all this up. Pray with humility. Number one, first thing we notice here in Paul's posture, he was kneeling, uh, which was not common among the Jews. Uh, we know that the Jews practice prayer, and today uh, they still do this, is they stand when they pray. If you would go with me to, I've been there to Jerusalem, and I've watched the Jews pray at the Wailing Wall. And they stand there and they nod. And it's so sad because it's the only remaining physical part of the old temple that you would go and pray to. And they're praying to a concrete wall and they're not getting any results because God is no longer in that temple. He is living inside of us if we know his son, Jesus Christ. But they stand there all day long and they nod and they pray. So Paul, when he says, I bow my knee, this was different that they had not heard of. Notice again in the text in verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. So what Paul was suggesting here, and, and listen to me this morning, 
I, I wish that we had room that we could do this right now. We're going to do it in just a second. We're going to pray over this. But it's not about the posture of this prayer. But, and he's not saying that we should always bow or should always stand. It's not making an argument for that one way or the other. But he's talking about humility. Humility is what he's going for here. Now, here's what I want you to understand this morning. Here's how you learn how to pray with humility. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Our congregation has been here for a while, has heard me preach this the last five years over and over again, and I'm going to keep doing it until y'all get it. Uh, So here's what we're going to do this morning is we're going to walk you through the spiritual armor prayer. A number of years ago, I know it's going to seem hard to imagine, but uh, I can easily lose my attention. I struggle with ADD or whatever it's called, and I get distracted. I mean, this board is so cool, red, green, blue, yellow. And anyway, I I can easily be distracted and chase the squirrel and all other kind of things. And so, I don't know, is anybody in here, is anybody, maybe I'm just the only non-spiritual one. Has anybody in here ever been praying and then totally lost your train of thought and wound up thinking about something totally stupid and different? raise your hands. I know y'all need to raise your hand. How many of you, and you really non-spiritual heathens, how many have you have ever prayed and went to sleep on God when you were praying? Y'all going straight. I'm just telling you, uh, we all struggle with this whole thing of of paying attention. So it's not just me. Uh, We struggle. And and, and here's what, what we're talking about. Can I help you out with that? What God gave me to help me stay focused on my prayer time and be much more effective is praying the spiritual armor. Here's what the verse that we've got with us this morning. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all. So that's the the spiritual. So every day I get up, I consider myself going to war against the devil is what Paul's saying. Every day I spiritually suit up with God's armor because I know I'm going to war. You ever feel like you're going to war with the devil every day? This is how you beat him. This is how you beat him. You pray this into your life every day. I do this every day. Verse, for, for, that verse. Stand therefore, <laughs> you talk for a living, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to ask Mark Burt to come, and he's going to pray over you here in just a second. So we got a mic here for him. I hope it's on. And we're going to pray over this. And Mark's going to pray over you guys here in just a second. And here's what we're going to learn to pray. And we're going to, we want you guys to do this. It's not just enough to know about prayer. You guys have got to start doing this. Have I mentioned that to you? Let me say that again. Until you start doing this, I'm wasting my breath, and you guys are not getting this. Now, here's what I pray every day in my life. Here's how I begin my day. This verse. I have to pray scripture because I struggle to focus, Miss Marie. This keeps me awake. This keeps my mind from racing. Every day I pray that verse 14 into my life is that I am covered under the righteousness of Christ. You know what that means, don't you? That means that no matter what I feel like when I wake up in the morning, no matter what the devil says, have you ever woke up and felt like you weren't a Christian? Have you ever felt like and had the devil get on your back and tell you, you use some language that you shouldn't have used yesterday. You, need, you don't even need to go to church. You are sorry. You are pitiful. You're not a good husband. You're not a good mom. Has the devil ever accused you and got on your back? Then you tell him to go back to hell where he came from because Jesus Christ has covered me in his righteousness. I am no longer guilty of anything. Devil, leave me alone. Jesus, not because I deserve it, not because I am worthy, not because I'm the preacher, but Jesus has made me righteous. 
Pray that truth into your life and watch the devil leave you. And then I put on the belt of truth. The truth is, it's not how I feel. It's not how I feel. It's what he says about me. It's who he says I am. And then you want to keep humility in your life? That'll keep you humble. The third part, the next verse, 15, I think we have it, is that we take our feet, shed with the gospel of peace. Do you know what's wrong with the church today? We have become arrogant. We don't need them outsiders in our church. We need to humble ourselves and realize we were an outsider. Every one of us deserves hell, and we need to be praying. God, I pray over 17 lost people every single day. You want to keep yourself humble and get over yourself? You pray for lost people because you were one of them, and we need to go reach them for Jesus Christ. Mark, teach us how to pray this into our life. Lord Jesus, we're just so thankful for your salvation. We're just so thankful that you left the glory of heaven and came to this earth, that you put on flesh, that you endured everything that we endure, but you were sinless. <clears throat> that you went to a cross and that you shed that blood, Lord, for us. That you died, but you rose on the third day. Amen. And we serve a risen Savior. And we thank you for that love. We thank you for what you've done for us. And we just pray, God, that you will pour that love into our hearts. We just pray that you will help us, Lord, to humble ourselves before you and to yes. understand that you are God and we are not. Amen. And we just pray, Lord, that you will just help us to surrender to you. Lord, we put so much, so much hope and faith in things of this world. <coughs> And those things do not satisfy. Mm. The only thing that's going to satisfy us is you. Amen. And we just pray, Lord, that you would just open our hearts and our minds and help us to see that. Help us to put you first in everything that we do. Amen. Lord, because we know that if you're not first, you're not second at anything. Mm. Amen. And we just pray that you would just help us, Lord to see you, to honor you, to glorify you, because you are worthy of this. We are not worthy to be called your children, but you loved us so much that you went to that cross and that you died and you gave your, you shed your blood for us. Amen. Help that to mean something to us. Yes. Help us to know that your own creation hung you on a cross, Amen. but yet you loved us so much you did that to save us. Amen. And I just ask, Lord, that you would just help us each and every day as we get up to give you praise and thank you for another day. Amen. To thank you for the air that we breathe because everything we have is yours. Everything. There's nothing that's ours. Help us, Lord, to be thankful for what we have. And help us, Lord, each and every day to emulate you to let others in this world see you through us, to be your hands and feet. And I just pray that you would just help us, Lord, to always, always give you praise. Amen. We just ask it in your most precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Principle number two is pray for the fullness of God's power and love. Dr. D.A. Carson, another great theologian of our day, points out, 
that the word usage here in Ephesians chapter 3 is he's talking about, as Paul prayed, that they might know the fullness of God's power and love is the difference between renting and owning. Belinda and I, about 15 plus years ago, bought a house on Auburn Road. And um, as we moved into that house, we realized that it was a really messed up place and we got it for a really cheap price and uh, the windows were broken out, and we went into that house, and it was a major understatement of fixer-upper. I'm going to ask Ashley if she would to come and pray this over our group right now, and as we went into that house, we changed out the carpet, we changed out, white, uh, we changed out the lighting, we changed out the windows, and why did we do all that? Because the house had been uh, neglected, the house was way outdated, we didn't feel comfortable in that house as it was. And we changed everything so that we would be comfortable there. So many of you are treating God like a rental. You run to him when you need him. You show up and beg him to save you out of your messes. And all the while, God is saying, I'm not there to be your genie in a bottle. I want ownership. I want to reside in your heart. And that means if I come into your heart and into your life, I'm going to remodel you. I'm going to change the way you think. I'm going to change the way you feel. I want to be comfortable in your life. But that means I need to change you. We need to pray for the fullness of God's love in our hearts, in our lives. Ashley, lead us as we pray. Father, thank you so much for equipping us for battle. Thank you so much for um, preparing us and um, just making this way for us and allowing us to work from a place of victory. Um, let us just come to you and put on the full armor of God each day for us, for our kids, for our marriages. Um, let us remember that Satan and the world and even our own flesh are coming after our mind our thoughts, we get to put on the helmet of salvation mm. and we get to experience what it's like to not let those things in, to carry you throughout Amen. our day. But even that, we can go a step deeper. We get to be at a church that pours into us. We have um, hear journals. Um, Amen. You know, experiencing you throughout the day is kind of like a snack. Like, they're great, but we got to feast on your word, Father. Mm. Um, and Excellent. really just dig deeper wow. um, because that is what's true and that's what's going to keep us pressing forward when everything is pressing against us, Father. Um, I'm so thankful for our faith. Um, this church family is so strong in our faith and um, we get to exercise that by meeting together with connect groups tonight and D groups, Titus 2, um, all these avenues of just exercising our faith Amen. and that's been my prayer. It's, I, I kind of used to think faith was like running fast and furious with like blind optimism, just sprinting full force ahead and just running into the wall sometimes. But Father, that's not even what you're asking us that's to right. do. That's right, it's good. <laughs> um, good. You're just asking us to listen. It's mm, good. You're just asking us to trust you wow. and to act in obedience. That's mm. it. Listen, <laughs> trust, good. act in obedience no matter what may fall. We love you, Father. We love this church family. 
And we just pray that we'll go into our week remembering these truths, Lord. Remembering your word is going to guide our path. Remembering that we've got to exercise to finish this race strong. Lord, we love you. We love Connect Church. We love this world. Um, Let us be grateful that we've just been giving everything we've needed. You've equipped us, Lord. We love you so, so much. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Ashley prayed it so well. And by the way, in Ephesians chapter 6, those are um, in verse 16. You're praying the shield of faith. She just prayed it so marvelously and beautifully. You're praying for the helmet of salvation and for the word of God into your life every day. Finally, we close with prayer with great expectations. The final prayer that we value at Connect Church is praying with great expectations. And that believes that God can do anything. You've seen that happen. 2009, when people said it couldn't be done and they were against it, God led us to say, we've only been here less than 15 years, 14 years, but God is leading us to build a new campus. And folks were like, that's stupid. We're barely, we just now finished paying off our old building. Why would you want to do that, Pastor? You're a moron. And I just said, because God is leading us to reach more people for Christ, you're now sitting in a 3.2 million addition to what we already had. And God has already given us a million dollars to pay off that part of it. I'm telling you, he is doing amazing things and we're getting to reap what happens when you believe God can do exciting and huge things in your heart and life. And this is the final piece that I pray into my life. I'm gonna ask Hector to come. And it's found in verse 18, praying that all times in the spirit, and with prayer and supplication every single day of my life, I pray this final piece of my spiritual armor, that the Holy Spirit will make me a better husband. That's how I begin my day. Belen, you would agree, deserves a better husband. God, make me a better husband. God, make me a better dad. My kids are grown, but I'm still a dad. God, make me a better son to my parents. It's a really rough season in my life over this. But God, help me to be the kind of son you want me to be. God, help me to be a better pastor. Help me to listen and love my people. And God, help me to be a better preacher. I can't lose if the Spirit answers those prayers. Not only will I benefit, but so will you. And the same thing will happen in your home, in your family, in your kids. If you become a better person because the Spirit changes you, Everybody else will be blessed. Pray for the Spirit to lead your life. Hector. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, just to say thank you for who you are. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, because when Jesus went back to you, you let the Holy Spirit over here with us. We want to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, to help us and just to lead us to rich people or emoji ministries, Father, um, connect groups, uh, mission trips, Father, the Holy Spirit live with us and, and he can do everything, Lord. Just help us to remember the Without you, we nothing, Lord. Lord, we want to ask the Holy Spirit for those people that are going to travel to Japan, Lord. 
the, um, help them to show the love to others and Father, you are great, you are love, and it doesn't matter where we come from, Lord. You give us the opportunity to, if we surrender, we will be with you one day, Lord. Father, uh, be with Connect Church, Amen. be with uh, Brother Terry, Tanner, and Andrew, and Father, just, if we allow the Holy Spirit get in our hearts, we can be better, Lord. Amen. We can be better Amen. husbands. We can be better sons. And, and Lord, you want our hearts, Father. Amen. We want to say thank you for everything you do for us. And, and Lord, just don't, don't let us lose the fight against Amen. the devil, Lord. Father, be with us for the rest of the day and, and just help us to remember that whatever that happened, Lord, you're in control. Amen. And, and we will win. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Awesome, Hector. Would you stand with us this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're here this morning. Here's a simple prayer that God wants you to pray in your life. Dear God, I am sorry for leaving you out of my life. I realize that you are God and you want to be centerpiece of everything of who I am and what I can be in you. God, I confess my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and my life right now and I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to look at me this morning. If you just prayed that prayer quietly and tenderly in just the quietness of the moment, would you just step out and come? We're not going to sing a verse of invitation. We went long this morning, but if you need to come today in the quietness of the moment and make this public profession, would you just step out and come? It's Tanner place. Would you just come this morning and say, man, I want it to be known. I am following Christ. Maybe you're here as a church member today. And for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit has just poured himself on you and says, listen, I need you to be engaged in the family of God. I need to join a discipleship group. I need to join a connect group. Man, I am plugging in. I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to start giving. I want to be a part of this relationship thing that God is doing at Connect Church this morning. Now, would you look at me today? I want to tell you something this morning. Here's what God's going to reveal to you in prayer. God's going to reveal to you every single day, this is his value. This is who he is. He loves you. And what prayer reminds you of is he's still on the throne. I don't give a rip who's president. I don't give a rip about what's going on in the country. I know who my God is. I know that I cannot be defeated. I know that my God loves me. And I know that my God is for me and he is not against me. If you believe that this morning, let's praise him. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.30. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like to answer, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.